Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. How many of you speak or pray in tongues? Speak in tongues here. Okay. You speak in tongues. All right. If you do not, we want to get you speaking in tongues tonight because that's very important. That's, that's like the DNA of our church. I mean, that's the DNA of the river. We are a Holy Ghost church. Amen. We are a Holy Ghost church. Amen. This is a Holy Ghost church. Hallelujah. Praise God. A Holy Ghost church. A Holy, Holy Ghost church. Praise God. Hallelujah. We welcome the Holy Ghost here. He is in charge. I'm just the usher, head usher. I'm the greeter. I greet the Holy Spirit at the door. Then I welcome him. And what does that mean? That means when we say we're a Holy Ghost church, of course, you have to understand, Jesus is not on the earth. He went back to the Father. He said he was going to leave. And he said, when I leave, I will send you another. One who's like me but different than me. Another comforter, helper, parakletos, helper, comforter, teacher, counselor, intercessor, strengthener, standby. And then he will be in you. He'll be with you and he'll be in you, right? So, and then of course we know that the church started on the day of Pentecost when they were all in one place, one accord. Then suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire which came and set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, right? That is the core foundation of, um, if, you know, for lack of a better word, I mean, we use this, I mean, sometimes, of course, you know, I don't like putting labels on things because when you say this, people have another idea, but Pentecostal, and I'm not talking about a denominational, I'm talking about Pentecost, like Book of Acts, Pentecost. Pentecostal doctrine of the book of Acts. That is, that was the first day of the church. And Holy Ghost came. Holy Ghost came into the service and took over. He completely took over. And that's when, when I say we're a Holy Ghost church, that's what it's about. When believers are gathered together in one place, one accord, that means unity. There's a hunger, there's a thirst. Because Jesus told them, go and tarry or wait in Jerusalem. Because in a few days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism, but many infillings. Say this after me. There's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but many infillings. And that's, that's a key thing to understand because I met people who were filled back in 1979, but they leaked out in 1980. You know, so you've got to be, be ye being filled. That means continually filled. There's a continuous grammar in Greek and in, in um, when you look at Ephesians 5.18, I know, Jessica, I don't have these. I'm just completely, you know, ad-libbing right now. But, um, you know, Ephesians 5.18, right? Speak to yourselves in Psalms. Oh, she got it. Okay, can you change the background so they can read it properly? Okay, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Do not be drunk with wine, but that is the bacha, but ever be filled, or be ye being filled, as some other translations would say. That, that, that's what the Greek says. So it's a continual f- filling. Be filled with the Spirit, continually filled. So there's a continual. Amen. I mean, 
you have to fill your tank for your vehicle regularly, right? I mean, if you buy a new car, they usually give you a, a full tank of gas, but you had to fill up many, many times after that. You go a week or two, depends on how much you drive. You have to keep filling up. So that's it. We have to be filled up. So there's one baptism, but many infillings. And I'm going to look at 10 reasons why every believer should speak in tongues tonight, okay? Let's go to our first scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Can you also put it on the stage display for me? So thank you. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Isn't that interesting? The apostle Paul literally is like boasting. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. I mean, it sounds like a strange thing to say, but obviously the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. And, and, and of course, God allowed that to be written in the word of God. So that means it's the truth. And of course, he's writing to the Corinthian church, and you have to understand the Corinthian church was a kind of an interesting church. They were after the gifts of the Spirit, but they were very carnal. You know, they were very carnal. Even the gifts of the Spirit was used for their carnality, like as a show, you know, to kind of get attention. Prophets would compete with one another, trying to out-prophesy each other, you know. So... They, you know, they wanted to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but they didn't have the foundation. So read, when you read 1 Corinthians, you'll see it's, it's really a letter of rebuke and a lot of correction. But especially when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, starting with verse 12. I mean, chapter 12 says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then, of course, I, I'll show you a better way. Chapter 13, love is the better way. And then chapter 14 is the operation. Okay? So chapter 12 is the description of the gifts of the Spirit. Definition. Of the gifts of the spirit foundational understanding of the gifts of the spirit chapter 13 is the motivation for the gifts of the spirit love is the motivation love releases the anointing amen and then chapter 14 is the operation all the different operations of the gifts of the spirit especially tongues and prophecy so he says i thank my god that i speak with tongues more than you all so that's something important because he spoke with so much uh, you know he spoke with much about the subject of speaking in other tongues really if you find it Apostle Paul is the one that really, really covers it. And um, apparently he practiced what he preached. That's why he wanted, and then he, he also said, I do, I do want all of you to speak in tongues also. Just like I speak in tongues, I want all of you to speak in tongues. Okay, so the purpose of speaking in tongues, we're going to look at 10 different reasons why Christians should speak in tongues. And we need to understand the power of the blessing. That can be ours in our daily life. It's very, very important to understand the power of tongues. Reason number one, why believers, every believer should speak in tongues. And, and, and before I start to get into this, I, I also need to clarify that it is God's will that every born-again believer is baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That is our doctrine there's our core doctrine because you will go to some other areas where they will say well you might be baptized in the holy spirit and you may not speak in tongues that doesn't even make any sense and i you know and i've seen it they lay hands on people and nothing happens well just by faith believe that you got baptized in the holy spirit well, what do you mean just by faith believe there should be an evidence there's always an evidence of something that has happened okay so you got to look for evidence so there is an evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that is speaking in other tongues, okay? Number one reason is because tongues is the supernatural evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
That's what the Word of God teaches, that when we speak, in other, we speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance, the, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it is the supernatural evidence that a believer has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the number one reason, that the evidence of the indwelling presence, the infilling presence of the Holy Spirit is in you. There is an evidence. Amen. The proof. Right? right. Somebody tells you something, you say, well, show me the evidence. Prove me. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at uh, Acts 2.4. As I already kind of quoted, but Acts 2.4 says, and they were all filled, not half, half of them, or half filled, all of them all filled. Nobody was left out. There were women there. Mary was there. And many of the disciples, the 120 that was left of the 500. Because if you also look in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he says that Jesus appeared to 500 people after his resurrection. In those 40 days of after the resurrection, when he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, he appeared to 500 people. So there was 500 people that knew that Jesus was risen from the dead. But there was only 120 on the, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Because he told them to wait. And you know what that means? Some, some of them could not wait they couldn't wait something got in the way some kind of a distraction got in the way you know somebody had to go do something somebody had to go watch a game somebody had to go fishing somebody had to whatever so they couldn't wait so the ones that waited were the ones that were ready okay and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so you can see the evidence was the utterance that the Holy Spirit gave them. And then if you look at Acts 10.46, many years later, Peter is in the house of Cornelius, the first Gentile to receive the gospel, right? And then the Bible says, while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And how did they know that the Holy Ghost fell on them? He says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered and said, of course, that the same way that the Holy Ghost fell on us, or you can, uh, do you have uh, 47 by any chance? What's going on? The Holy Ghost is falling. Yes, yeah, fine. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? What does he mean, just as we have? What does that mean? Just like on the day of Pentecost. Same way the Holy Ghost fell on us on the day of Pentecost, Holy Ghost fell on them in the house of Cornelius. That was the reason Peter never had a chance to lay hands on them. Just like on the day of Pentecost, nobody laid hands on anybody. The Holy Ghost came upon them, and while Peter was speaking, boom, tongues of fire fell on all those in the house of Cornelius, and they began to speak with other tongues. I mean, at what point was there an altar call? At what point was there a salvation prayer? I mean, it's pretty wild. But, you know, and then he says, can anyone forbid water? What does that mean? Baptize them in water. Now that these have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, obviously there's, we have the evidence that they're not only saved now, but baptized in the Holy Ghost, then how can we forbid them water baptism? That's the only thing remaining of the three baptisms. So, just as we have received. So there was an evidence. How did they know that the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did on them in the day of Pentecost? Because they begin to speak with other tongues. 
Amen. So speaking in tongues was and still is the supernatural sign and initial evidence. Amen. That someone has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what convinced them that the Gentiles had the same gift just as they. Not anything different, just as we have. Just as we have. Not different than us, exactly like we have. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Reason number two. And this is the one that we, is, is going to be very, very important for the believer on, you know, every day on a daily basis. Reason number two is for spiritual edification. You, are, you should speak in tongues regularly, daily for spiritual edification. That's your individual prayer life as a means of spiritual edification or building up. Building up. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 and 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue, what? What? Edifies. He who speaks in a tongue, what? Edifies himself. Okay. Show me the Amplified. Look at this. He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves. How many of you need some improvement in your life? Home improvement, self-improvement, spiritual improvement. You're going to improve yourself. That's what, what's, that's what the word edify means, to improve. Or you can also call it grow up. If you want to grow up spiritually, mature spiritually, you've got to spend time praying in tongues. All right? So you can see that there is this building up or edification. Now look at Jude 20. Jude 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves or building yourselves up on what? On your most holy faith. Doing what? Praying in the Spirit. Let's look at the Amplified. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. How many of you want to make progress in your life? Rise like an edifice, higher and higher. How many of you want to rise from glory onto glory? What do you do? Praying in the Spirit or Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. So you can see, when you pray in tongues, you are building up yourself on your faith. So you want to grow in faith? Pray in tongues. Why? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word. But what kind of word? Revelation. So faith comes by basically by revelation. So what happens is when you pray in tongues, you're going to receive more revelation. The more you pray in tongues, the more revelation you receive. That's why Paul says, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Because he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So he had more revelation than all of them. So praying in tongues is vital to edify yourself, build yourself up on your most holy faith. To grow in faith, to grow up spiritually, to be edified in your spirit. Or you can also call it a spiritual exercise. People go to the gym to build up their muscles. But you need to go to the Holy Ghost gym to build up your spiritual muscles, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Holy Ghost is going to build up your spiritual muscles. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to edify you. It's going to build you up. Hallelujah. And you're going to grow in faith because you need to, have, you need to be strong in spirit to overcome. And so being strong in spirit... Being edified, built up, strengthened, improved, 
making progress in your spirit is going to be the key for you to live in victory. Amen. So pray in tongues, not just, you know, when you come to church for a minute or two between a couple of songs or, or at the prayer meeting on Tuesdays when a few of you show up. But pray in tongues all the time. Driving around, going to work, driving around, washing dishes. You could be changing dirty diapers and praying in tongues if you have babies. You can be mowing the, lawn, uh, uh, mowing the lawn and praying in tongues. You could be cleaning dishes and you, or you could be doing housework and praying in tongues. You could be doing whatever you're doing but be praying in tongues. Take time do it throughout the day to engage your spirit man, spirit woman to pray in tongues. Release the prayer language because once you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's you. It's your prayer language, okay? Howard Carter, who was a Pentecostal pioneer, one of the renowned teachers on the subject of the gifts of the Spirit, he wrote in one of his books about the gifts of the Spirit, he said that uh, tongues is not only the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's infilling, but also a continual experience for the rest of one's life. So, and I've also met people, yeah, I spoke in tongues once. And what happened after that? Nothing. How long ago was that? 20 years ago. What happened? You didn't cultivate the gift. You've got to cultivate that. Oh, yeah, years ago I, in a meeting, I, I got tongues. That, what happened? You, I lost it. No, you didn't lose it. You just didn't use it. If you don't use it, you lose it. You have to, you have to exercise. It's like saying, I went to the gym once. How, how come I'm all flabby? You know, it's like once. I went to the gym once, 20 years ago, and I'm, I'm just out of shape. No wonder. So you want to be in shape spiritually? You got to pray in tongues. Exercise. Build up your spiritual muscles. He, he also said this, that the Holy Spirit, tongues is given to assist us in the worship of God. He said, speaking in tongues is a flowing stream that should never dry up, and that will enrich once life spiritually so praying in tongues is a flowing stream that should never dry up and that will enrich one's life spiritually now look at what paul says continued about this in in verse 2 in chapter 14 14 in first corinthians 14 and 2 for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to god how many of you ever heard that when well, you should only pray, speak in tongues if there's an interpretation? Yeah. Who ever heard that? Excuse me. What I'm talking about right now to God does not concern you. It's not none of your business. None of your. It's none of your business. It's, I'm not talking to you. I'm not, I'm not talking to man but to God. It's, it's, it's a communication between you and, and God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Okay. So what are you doing? What you're doing is you're speaking mysteries. Now, this is very important to understand, this concept of mystery. We see this word throughout the New Testament, mystery, mystery, mystery of the church, mystery of the new, new man, mysteries. The word mystery in the Greek is the word mysterion. That's where I actually get mystery. Mysterion means something that is hidden or something that's covered. Okay. Now, let's look at the amplified You'll understand more what that means. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. Because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret 
truths, hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. And that's the key. Not obvious to the understanding. Understanding means your mind, what you're capable of understanding in your natural mind. There are many things that is beyond our natural mind. A Christian that lives out of their own natural mind is such a limited person. But there is a whole realm beyond the natural, right? The realm of the spirit. That's where all the hidden things are. The hidden treasures. And guess what? You see movies with treasure hunters, right? They'll, I mean, they'll cover the whole, they'll travel the world just to find a, a chest or some item. Or you got to go digging for gold. So you got to mine. You don't just find diamonds laying around while you're walking or gold. You have to go dig for these things. So there are, these are hidden riches that you have to dig for. You have to go deep. And when you pray in tongues, you're digging deep into the realm of the spirit to get down there and to discover those hidden truths and hidden things and secret truths that will, that will be revealed and that will be released. So can we say that the more we pray in tongues, the more revelation, the more understanding in the spirit that we get. And we tap into hidden riches. And that's what happens. So another word for edifying your spirit is enriching your spirit. Your spirit will be enriched. You'll become richer spiritually. And then you can become richer in your soul, richer in your mind, and richer in your finances. Richer in every area of your life. Why? Because there's a wealth of the supernatural mysteries of God that will not be revealed to just the person that's casual about it, but the person that presses in for it and praying in tongues, spending time speaking and praying in tongues is one way you dig deep into the things of the Spirit to grab a hold of what God has for you. And I tell you what, many, many a time in my life, I've gotten direction from the Lord praying in tongues. I just walk the floor praying in tongues. Lord, show me what to do. And sometimes five minutes, sometimes five hours later, boom, out of my spirit pops the answer. Or I have a vision and I see me doing things. Or all of a sudden I get a download, literally such a download that if I try to write it down, it's like, I mean, God can literally download a book in a split second. God can download a strategy. God can download ideas. Boom, into your spirit. It's like, it's like an explosion that happens. But you have to keep digging. You have to keep pressing in. And tongues is the way you do that. So the more you pray in tongues, the more access you're going to gain into understanding the things of the spirit, the plan and purpose of God for your life. Hallelujah. How many of you want to understand the plan and purpose of God for your life? Then praying in tongues is going to be the key. Hallelujah. Muffet's translation says, he is talking of divine secrets in the spirit. Divine secrets. Think about this. Listen, God has secrets. And he doesn't just reveal it to anybody. Jesus said, don't cast your pearl before swine. Don't give what's holy to the dogs. God holds back from people. Trust me. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're entitled to get, get things from God. You have to qualify. There's a qualification. God's looking for a person that's going to be qualified to receive those hidden or those secret or divine plans and purposes. Hallelujah. 
divine secrets in the spirit. So, but God, he wants to reveal those secrets. You know why? Because he loves you. He loves his children and he wants them to have access because he says, whatever is mine is yours. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your uh, um, possession. Ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. So you have to come to that place of really digging deep in the things of the Spirit and then you will receive divine <coughs> secrets. So mysteries will become revelations. And really the word mystery and revelation are opposites. Mystery means hidden or covered up. Revelation means open, unveiled, or, you know, uncovered. So whatever is a mystery will become a revelation when you pray in tongues. Amen. And God is a spirit. Right? Amplify says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. My spirit with the Holy Spirit within me prays. 14, 14. Right? But my spirit, no, yeah, uh, the amplified, please. Thank you. My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So what are you also doing is you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. The more you pray in tongues, the more yielded and cooperative you become with the Holy Spirit. That means the more you become in tune to the, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Someone that prays in tongues is going to have much better ability to follow the Holy Ghost than someone who doesn't pray in tongues. I guarantee it 100%. Why? Because the, the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Amen? Okay. So... God is a spirit, and when you pray in tongues, your spirit is in direct contact with God, who is a spirit. When you speak in tongues, you're talking to him by divine supernatural means. So he's given us access by praying in tongues to divine supernatural means to access into secret information. Basically, it's like, if you think about it, if you think about it, this is how I see praying in tongues. There's this massive safe, and in the safe is treasure, wealth, gold, silver, precious, I mean, strategies, I mean, in, it, it's locked in there. And praying in tongues is like you getting the code to unlock the safe and access the hidden riches. How about that? Somebody can come stand in front of the safe and go, man, look at that big safe. I wonder what's in it. And they'll never know. And But someone that connects with the Spirit of God praying in tongues, all of a sudden, God gives them access to the hidden, to the hidden information. Hallelujah. Reason number three of why we should speak with other tongues is that tongues keeps us continually aware of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. Tongues, praying and speaking in tongues, keeps us continually aware of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. It's, like I said, it's one thing to be filled. I mean, for the first time baptized, but there are many infillings. How many Christians live their lives almost like unaware that they're actually filled with the Holy Spirit? Some of them, they only remember it Sunday morning when they show up at church late. Oh, yeah, okay, well, that's right. I'm a Christian. I, the Holy Spirit's within me. And then they walk out and they forget. It's like the rest of the week, they're just doing whatever. 
It's like they're not even aware. But I'll tell you what, when you have a lifestyle of regularly, daily, throughout the day, speaking and praying in tongues, you are constantly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, and you feel, I mean, you just feel like, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Like, you know, you hear me say, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's like, you, you just know, it's like, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know that he's there. He's, he's indwelling me, and I'm continually aware of it. And something happens to you in the way you live, in the way you think, when you're aware of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's interesting, you know, like I've seen this so many times. One time I'll never forget, this, uh, two guys were just like arguing and fighting in church. And I walked in and all of a sudden they're like, they straighten up. Pastor walks in, everybody straightens up, you know. And I'm like, no, carry on, guys. Like, just act like I'm not even here. Because you realize that I walked in, but the Holy Ghost was here the whole time. Were you not aware of his presence? The one with more authority. Then Pastor Corey walked in, and he was actually, he was here the whole time. He's in you. Oh, he's just looking around. Yeah, Pastor, you're right. You know, Because people, like, all of a sudden, they shape up and straighten up when the pastor walks in. And the moment he walks out, brrr, they're going at it again. But the Holy Ghost is there the whole time. And when you're aware of his presence, you understand that you, you grieve in the Holy Spirit by the way you act and speak and things like that. But it shouldn't take someone with maybe spiritual authority someone that's you know whatever respected or whatever kind of revered to walk in the door to make you feel that way i mean how many of you you've seen this when you're so out soul winning they're sitting there smoking a cigarette in the parking lot the moment you start talking and all of a sudden the cigarette goes how many of you have experienced that oh my lord the cigarette they get convicted they're putting out the cigarette in the walmart parking lot because you're starting to preach the gospel all of a sudden they get convicted by your words and your presence, convicts them. <laughs> but, you know, when you're praying in, in tongues, you're constantly aware of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You live convicted. You don't, you're not waiting for conviction to come. You live a life that's convicted. You live by conviction. Not emotion or circumstances. Amen? So you know that this is not a one-time thing. One baptism, but many influence. So continue to pray. Hallelujah. If you will just pray and worship God every day in tongues, it will help you be conscious of the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. And that really helps you keep you in line. It, it puts restraints on you, on your flesh, on your emotions, on your mouth. Come on. Come on. We need, we need restraint. We need, we need the restraint the carnal nature it needs to be restrained it needs to be held captive but and that's only going to happen by by spiritual authority so the authority of the holy ghost in you which is what conviction is it's, it's the authority it's the voice the voice and the authority of the holy ghost in you will keep you on the straight and narrow path otherwise you'll just get unruly you'll get all fleshly the flesh will rule your life, and the flesh will take you to a place you don't want to go. I guarantee you, the flesh will take you to a place where you will end up, and you'll go, how in the world did I get here? Oh, you should know. You didn't build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You didn't stay edified in your spirit. And what's going to happen is the more you pray in tongues, the more your spirit is in charge of your life. You're telling your mouth, 
the spirit man in you is telling you i'm in charge not the flesh because with the same mouth you can't bless and curse you can't with the same mouth you can't praise god and then curse somebody else so praying in tongues is, will sanctify your tongue in a sense hallelujah and keep you convicted in a life of conviction like you live you live with conviction hallelujah and then and, and then also when your spirit is edified it's i mean the conviction comes quickly i mean it comes quickly Con conviction comes quick like when you've done something wrong it's like it's like almost instantly ah i i, I need to repent right now for that because you can't stay in sin and be filled with the holy spirit and 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 just keep keep on doing it that means your heart has become hardened now if that if you reach that point it's a bad place when you, you can't be convicted anymore there's so much offense in your heart that your heart has become hardened and now you can't even be convicted anymore and that's a very bad place for a christian to be because it's a it's a dangerous place to where somebody could even turn into a reprobate okay now let's go to reason number four this is a good one i like this one speaking in tongues eliminates the possibility of selfishness entering your prayer life oh yeah your prayer life can become very self-centered could become all about me god bless me my wife my son my wife you know my children bless my business bless my house bless my bank account that's about it it's very very selfish prayer life you know but here's what happens let's go to romans chapter 8 verse 26 this is a very powerful verse of scripture that pertains to speaking in tongues or praying in tongues likewise the spirit also helps us why does he help us because he is the helper thank you he helps us in our weaknesses what is the weakness we do not know what we should pray for as we ought that means you don't we don't know what to pray for it's not how to pray notice now it doesn't say we don't know how to pray it says we don't know what to pray there's a big difference it doesn't say we don't know I, we know how to pray we pray the word we pray in the name of jesus we pray it's not how to pray it's what to pray that's the key what to pray for okay as we are but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered with groanings which cannot be uttered now let's go to uh amplified amplified so too the holy spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness so holds us up for we do not know what we remember he's also the strengthener so when you're weak you're strong so he'll strengthen you how will he strengthen you we don't know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought but the spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utter utterance so when you get that that deep prayer almost like sometimes almost like a groaning what, what does that mean it's like just like there's a burden i gotta pray anybody ever been there like maybe you got woken up in the middle of the night man i gotta pray i don't even know what to pray for so what do you do it's like a prayer burden just hits you and he, and he's like you can't even breathe you can't even sleep you pray 
until you get the release. What do you do? You pray in tongues until you get the release. And all of a sudden, whew, I get the release. You don't even know. Maybe you were praying for somebody on the other side of the world. Maybe you were praying for a loved one. Maybe you were praying for a family member. Maybe you were praying for somebody in church. And then the Lord didn't even show you what you were praying for because you didn't really need to know all the details because if you got in your head, you could mess it up. So what you need to do is really pray, pray it out in the spirit, pray it out in tongues so that you can get through it. Hallelujah. Again, he didn't say not how to pray. He said what to pray. Okay? That is the cor correct way to pray, right? So what's the correct way to pray? We don't know what. He makes what? He makes intercession for us. P.C. Nelson, he was a Greek scholar. And uh, this is how he says that Romans 8.26 literally reads, The Holy Ghost maketh intercession for us in groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. In articulate speech. So you, you can't verbalize this groaning, this thing in your belly almost. So because you can't verbalize it, because you cannot articulate it, you pray in tongues. Articulate speech means your regular kind of speech. So you can't really articulate it. How many of you sometimes you say, man, I, I just can't put into words what I feel. Like I'm, I'm, and you, it's like, anybody ever been there? Now I'm trying to explain what I'm feeling or what I'm, I just, I just feel like I'm not able to put it into words. And that's exactly right. Sometimes the things of God are so deep and so complex and so powerful that we can't literally articulate it until we speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Sometimes you'll just be worshiping God and you tell him, Lord, Lord you're just wonderful. You're amazing. You, you just, and you go through all the words and now you run out of words. Amen. Hallelujah. 14.14. 14, 1 Corinthians 14.14. 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. So praying in the spirit equals praying in tongues. Praying in tongues equals praying in the spirit. These are synonymous descriptions. Sometimes people don't understand that. What do you mean? What is praying in the spirit? It simply means praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying. What language does your spirit speak? Spiritual language. Right? Your natural person can only speak, your understanding can only speak in a language you know. Right? Maybe sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. Amen. What do you call a person that speaks two languages? By three languages. One language. American. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. Have you ever heard that before? They don't need to speak any languages. <laughs> But think about how many languages you speak. You can speak in tongues. You can speak unlimited languages. And, and, be, and, and be brave to explore different languages. I mean, I've gotten the times where I felt like I'm speaking in like an oriental language. And all of a sudden your mind's like, 
am I making it up? No, it's coming out of your spirit. And it seems strange. So don't, don't just stick to one language, one explore. Get out, there, get out there on the water of the supernatural and go out to deep waters. And I mean, I, I, mean, I get lost in spirit. I, I, I think I'm speaking African languages, throaty languages, uh, Slavic languages, uh, other languages. I mean, you know, who's been there? Explore, explore, explore the, explore, the, explore the realm of the Spirit. I mean, if you're stuck on Shababa, Rababa, you need to get further. <laughs> Randai, Shandai, Taima Bowtie. I mean, <laughs> hallelujah, Honolulu. I mean, you know, you got to get past that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what language that is. Uh, maybe it's not even earthly, but it sounds slavic kind of to me. Get out there and speak something that sounds oriental. I didn't make that up. It came out of my spirit because I, I speak in so many languages. And don't get embarrassed by it. Get out there, explore the different languages of the Spirit. Get out there and start praying in tongues and just really step out of the boat. I mean, I was praying in tongues one time. I had the strangest, like this, like clicking, clocking sound come. I mean, and in Africa, they have literally weirdest, like clicking, clocking sound languages. And, and it was flowing out of me. It was powerful. I felt the anointing so strong. And it also helps you break out of your, like, monotony. Amen. Like I said, just please get past Shababa Rababa. <laughs> okay. So... So people should be very careful making fun of tongues, I tell you right now. Um, because when people make fun of tongues, they're actually making fun of the Holy Ghost. And they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Um, when you pray in tongues, it's your spirit praying by the Holy Spirit within you. It's the Holy Spirit within you that's giving the utterance. And you're speaking from out of your own spirit. You're doing the talking, but it's the Holy Spirit that's giving the utterance. So you're simply yielding and connecting your tongue to your belly, disconnected from your brain, connecting it to your belly. And, and let me, you need to understand, the Holy Spirit is not going to move your lips. Like in that way, you know, he's not going to do the praying for you. He's sent to dwell within us as a counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. That's John 14, 16, amplified description of the parakletos, but... The Holy Spirit is not responsible for our prayer life. He's sent to help us when we choose to pray. It's a choice you make. You make the time to pray, and the Holy Spirit gets involved. Speaking with other tongues is praying as the Spirit gives the utterance. It is Spirit-directed praying. It eliminates the possibility of selfishness in your prayer. In other, prayers. In, in other words, it eliminates the possibility of flesh-led prayers. They become spirit-led prayers. Therefore, speaking in tongues eliminates selfishness and praying outside of the will of God because when we pray in tongues, 
We are praying the perfect will of God. Say this after me. When I pray in tongues, I am praying the perfect will of God. I mean, think about praying perfect prayers. That's wonderful. Perfect prayers that cannot fail. Imagine that. Achieving perfection in your prayer life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's the one praying. Can he ever make a mistake in prayer? Can he pray the wrong thing? No. He makes intercession for us according to the will of God. So you are now, and for you to get into the perfect will of God, it's going to be important to pray in the Spirit. Because you can be in the good, the acceptable, or the perfect will of God, the three levels of the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the perfect will of God. I don't want to be in the good will of God or the acceptable will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. So the more you pray in tongues, the more you can connect to the perfect will of God. Because the Holy Spirit's going to pray the perfect will of God when you pray in tongues. Amen. Reason number five. My God, we're only halfway. Okay. Reason, these other ones are a little bit faster. Reason number five. Believers should speak with tongues is that it helps them learn to trust God more fully. Going back to Jude 20. Going back to Jude 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. What is faith? Trusting God. Faith is trusting God. Praying in the Spirit. Speaking in tongues stimulates faith and helps us Learn how to trust God more fully because it builds our faith. And you know what? When you learn to trust God in one area, it's going to help you learn to trust God in another area. So it's going to help you build faith when you pray in tongues. You will learn to trust God more fully. What does that mean? Because there are different areas of our lives, and you can trust God for finances, but if you don't know how to trust God for healing, you got to become well-rounded in faith in every area of your life. And the area where you're weak in faith is where the enemy will attack you the most. You have to grow strong in forgiveness. It takes faith to forgive. Some people are very weak in faith when it comes to forgiveness. They're always offended over every little thing, and they don't forgive. They don't walk in forgiveness. Walking in forgiveness takes walking in faith. You forgive by faith, not by feeling. It's a decision you make. Trusting God for your finances. Trusting God for a husband or a wife. Trusting God for uh, uh, direction. Trusting God for healing. Trusting God for wisdom. Trusting God for strategy. Trusting God to lead you and you know, to open the doors for you. There's so many different areas of our lives. Trusting God with your children. Maybe you're always worried about your kids. Because they're not, you know, really serving the Lord. you got to trust God with, with your kids. you got to trust God for your husband. you got to trust God for your wife. you got to trust God in every area. Because where you fail to trust is where worry and fear will creep in. And worry and fear opens the door for the enemy. And I've heard people say, oh, I, I, you know, God told me to do this. And it's not God. They're really actually speaking out of fear or they're speaking out of emotion. Amen? Is this helping anybody here tonight? So praying in tongues is going to help you trust God more 
more fully in every area of your life because it's going to help you develop faith, the spirit of faith and a lifestyle of faith. Amen. Go to reason number six. Reason number six that every Christian ought to regularly speak in tongues is that speaking in tongues is a means of keeping us free from the contamination of the ungodly and profane elements of the world. It'll keep you free from contamination of the ungodly and profane things. The Bible says we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Right? What's the purpose of a seal? To keep you from being contaminated. If, you, if you're at the grocery store, you're getting a jar of pickles or a jar of tomato sauce, and you see that, you see that the seal is broken... That means it's contaminated. Something from the outside is, enters in and spoils it. The Holy Ghost seals us so that contamination from the world cannot enter in. It's like a protection. It's like an armor. It's our spiritual armor to protect us from contamination from the, the world and the things that are profane. Amen. So praying in tongues is going to help you keep, keep the seal closed. Keep your life sealed from things, ungodly things from the world to come in to contaminate you and to defile your life. And if you notice, it's, all, it's impossible to pray in tongues and have an unclean thought at the same time. It's impossible to pray in tongues and stay angry. It's impossible to pray in tongues and stay in fear. It's impossible to pray in tongues, come on, it's impossible to pray in tongues and stay offended. That's why people that want to stay in their offense, they'll stop praying. They'll start reading the word and they'll stop praying because the moment you get in the word, guess what happens? You could be reading some random scripture. The very first thing that God that's going to pop up in your spirit is the person you're offended with. And I don't even care if you're praying for provision or this and that. The very first thing that's going to pop up in your spirit is the offense or is the thing that's going to hinder your life and hold you back. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been there? Three of you. Wonderful. Okay. The others will not raise their hand. I'm just teasing. So in other words, we can say that if you, if you speak in tongues to yourself and to God in church, then you can speak in tongues on the job too in a way that won't disturb anyone. So you don't have to be screaming in the office. You just be praying, you know. And I'll be sitting there with, dealing with somebody, and I'm just praying in tongues under my breath. I'll be preaching in the church. Sometimes I pause, and people think I'm just pausing. I'm praying in tongues. Hallelujah. People come in for counseling. I'm praying. They're talking for 30 minutes. I'm praying in tongues. I've got to open that safe and find out what, what really is in there, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to help them. Because... <laughs> Nothing is as it seems. Hallelujah. Riding on an airplane, riding, bike riding, jogging. Anybody jogs? Gym, uh, bike in the, in the gym or walking around the lake or praying tongues. There's nothing better than that. It's amazing. 
driving, praying in tongues. Driving on I-95 in Miami, praying in tongues. Praying in emergency tongues. Double time. Sometimes there's emergency tongues. Sometimes there's emergency tongues. And you think Miami traffic is bad. You should come to Istanbul. I mean, I think all, my, all ten of my fingers are praying in tongues. My feet are praying in tongues. My ears are everything. My whole being is praying in tongues. And sometimes, like I said, you got to just go into emergency. Anybody ever gone into emergency tongues? <laughs> In the name of Jesus, I mean, you got like two seconds to get a breakthrough or something. You got emergency tongues. I call it emergency tongues. Hallelujah. Some Christians, you find out what's in them. They get into a problem and they're like, ugly words come out of them. And then others... Tongues comes out of them. So what's going what's gonna to come out when you're squeezed? <laughs> Speaking in tongues to yourself and to God is a means of keeping yourself free from the contamination of the world. So that's, that was reason number six. Reason number seven. Why every believer should speak in tongues is that it provides a way for things to be prayed for about which no one thinks to pray or is even aware of what you ought not to pray for. So pray, to pray for things you are unaware of. If you, if you see, if you're only praying in the understanding, you're only going to pray for things you're aware of. But many things we're not aware of. We're not aware of what's going on in in government, we're not aware of what's going on with family members. We're not aware of what's going on with many, many situations. And you need to be praying in tongues because you're going to tap into praying in areas where you're not aware of. Because you're not praying with the understanding. So this is what we also call intercession. That's what the Holy Spirit says, intercession. He makes intercession for us. Why? Because... The Holy Spirit helps us pray for things we don't know how to pray for as we ought to. In addition, the Holy Spirit, who knows everything, can pray through us for things about which our natural mind knows nothing. Our natural mind knows nothing. Amen. Pastor, I need to get out of debt. I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit knows what to do. Pray in tongues and get direction for your life. Amen. Pastor, I, know I need to lose weight. What do I do? Pray in tongues. But praying in tongues isn't going to lose you the weight, but it's, God's going to give you the ability, the strength, maybe to overcome your flesh and other areas and, 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 and wisdom what to do. Lord, I'll, I'll, Pastor, I want to start a business. What do I do? The Holy Spirit knows what you should do. Pray in tongues. And then, like I said, especially this whole concept of intercession. The Lord will literally interrupt your day, and, and, you, and, and we need, you need to make yourself available. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I make myself available for intercession. Even when it's, come on, even when it's very inconvenient, I will yield to you so that you can use me in intercession. Amen. What does that mean? You'll get prompted in your spirit. Don't, don't push away that 
burden, that prompting that you feel that, man, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I need to pray right now. It might be for yourself. It might be for somebody else. It might be for somebody you don't even know. And somebody needs intercession at that moment. And you made yourself available. You know why? Because you're in tune to the Holy Spirit. Because, because you, and the way you tap into that is you regularly pray in tongues. Because I, you know, I can tell you right now, the Holy Spirit's not going to go find somebody that hasn't prayed in tongues in 10 years to intercede for somebody. <laughs> you know. So now you make yourself available. And guess what? You can become a blessing and tap into things. And God can use you to save people's lives. And you won't even know about it, maybe, until you get to heaven and you realize, man, when, when God shows you the fruit of your life, like, wow. Look at all these people. Look at that city. Look at that village that was touched because you took time to pray. Look at the things that turned around in that nation because you, you took the time to pray. Look at the things that I was able to do in your family because you took the time to pray. You yielded to me when, when I called on you to Pray in tongues and intercede. I put that burden in your spirit to come on, rise up and pray. And you didn't ignore it. You didn't push it away. You yielded. You, you prayed it through until there was a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, um, and there, I mean, there were times, man, I, somebody came to my mind, man. I, sometimes I was woken up literally like somebody just tapped me on the chest and I woke up and I started praying in tongues. 10, 15 minutes until I felt the release, went to sleep. I don't even know what it was. Sometimes I did it, I prayed, and I went to bed, and I had a dream. I had a dream about it, somebody, a friend of mine in a situation, that the enemy was setting a trap for them, and they were walk, about to walk into it. And I prayed. Later on, when I got to talk to my friend, he told me how things were, there was trouble in his life, but how the Lord turned it around, and and I said, when did that happen? Well, that was about two weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Two weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was praying for you. I didn't know it was you, but when I, when I, after I was done praying, I had, a, I had a dream that it was you, but the Lord would turn it around. Amazing stuff. Hallelujah. So allow the Lord to use you. Reason number eight of why we should pray in tongues. Let's go to... Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 21. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. For if, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding... Um, 21, yeah, that was 14. I thought, I thought something was up. Did you not have that one? Did I not give you 14, 21? I might not have given that to you. There we go. In the law it is written, with, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me, says the Lord. With men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. That actually comes from Isaiah 28. That's probably the one I gave you, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. So let's go to Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, because actually Paul is referencing that scripture from Isaiah, for with stammering lips and, uh, and another tongue, he will speak to this people. And then look at 12. This is powerful. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet 
they would not hear. So what is it? What is it? Stammering tongues or other tongues. It's referred to what? A rest and a refreshing. A rest and a refreshing. So reason number eight is to enter into rest. Pastor, I need some R&R. Praying tongues. Rest and refreshing. And get into some R&R. Take some R&R. I mean, I, people go to vacation, but they come, they come back still re- restless because they, they, they never enter into rest. So you, you need to take a Holy Ghost vacation. Praying in tongues is rest and refreshing. R&R. Hallelujah. Entering into rest. Entering into rest. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. Hallelujah. Has your doctor ever told you, you know what, you just need to take a rest for a few days? Anybody ever been there? You know, just when you got some symptoms you're dealing with or something, exhaustion, the cure is just to rest. Sometimes the cure to not having a burnout is vacation. Sometimes you just... Maybe just stay home for a little bit and get, you know, before you go back to work and get rested. The weary to rest. So your spirit can get weary, especially when you've gone through some battles, spiritual battles. So to enter into rest and refreshing, praying in tongues is going to help your spirit get rested and refreshed. This is the rest, this is the refreshing. We need this rest in, the, in days of turmoil, insecurity, perplexity, when shakings happen, things happen, when you're going through things. And I'll tell you right now, this has been a, 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 a pretty challenging week for me because I'm working on two battlefronts. I've got this battlefront here, and I've got the battlefront in Turkey because of the building project we're in. And there's been a lot, I mean, you know, you... If you see, follow me on social media, you see the pictures and stuff. I, I report the progress. But if you only knew what was happening behind the scenes and the eight-hour time difference, this week, every day, I was up at 3 or 4 a.m., sometimes after getting to bed at midnight because I had to be up early because it's at, by the time it's 6 a.m. here, it's already 2 o'clock in the afternoon over there. And we had issues. We had stuff things that came up and of course the enemy is trying to come in there to stop the progress and I got a rebellion rising up with a few people there in the church right in the midst of the biggest move it's just the devil's found the people with tainted hearts to stir up division and trouble and all kinds of issues and so it's been it's been a battle praying in tongues I be I mean I think I mean you know, I woke up at 3 a.m. praying in tongues. I called over. They said, yeah, pastor, we, we didn't want to wake you up, but we got this situation, and we need to see a breakthrough today. Now, I prayed in tongues from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Then we, you know, and I, I was able to get a hold of the person, 45 minutes on the phone, got it resolved, prayed in tongues another hour, fell asleep for about another hour, woke up, and then had to now get engaged with the stuff that I have to do here. And I was like, man, I'm fighting on two battlefronts right now. So 
So how do I stay strong? Praying in tongues was what got me through. I literally just put my head on, on my pillows, prayed in tongues until I fell asleep. Woke up and I was still praying in tongues. Woke up praying in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes the battle is intense. That's been, this has been one of those weeks. And so, thank God, it's not always going to be like that, but sometimes you, you, you are in the intense battle. You just hit, man, you just got to the battlefront, and it's intense. It's nuclear. <laughs> praying in tongues. Only way I got through this week was praying in tongues. I, I don't even know how many hours I've been praying in tongues. So, that's what I know to do. And, um, and I'll say this. So, when we were... <laughs> We were lunching in 99 when we were lunching back to Istanbul to start the church. Pastor Rose and I, we, we were going to get time with Pastor Rodney. He was in between. He's flying in and out. So we, we have it. I had my notebook. I'm going to get, you know, advice. I said, yes, yes, sir. Give me some nuggets. He said, oh, he said, uh, read the book of Acts and pray in tongues. I said, and he just looked at me and he goes, oh, every day. <laughs> and then he goes, I got to go. I got to play in the car. That was it. I, that was one, why, my one minute. But you know what? I did that. I read the book of Acts and I prayed in tongues every day. There were days I prayed in tongues eight hours. There were days I prayed in tongues, it seemed like eight minutes, but every, every eight minutes. <laughs> There were times just three minutes here, five minutes there, ten minutes here, four minutes there, thirty minutes here. But throughout the day, I was determined. I took that as, listen, I took that like as an order. I took that as a mission. I'm going to pray in tongues. And if, if I didn't pray in tongues, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't going to make it. So I prayed in tongues. Tongues is dear to me. Take away anything, but don't take away Tongues. Tongues is my life. So anybody that comes to me to mock tongues or trying to convince me, say, you've come too late. Yeah. You don't even know what you're talking about. I built my life and ministry on praying in tongues. This is it, man. This is, this is, this is it for me. Hallelujah. Okay, reason number nine why we pray in tongues is to give thanks to God. To give thanks to God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Verses 15 through 17. This is going to be very interesting for you. Watch this now. First Corinthians. What is the conclusion that I will pray with the spirit. That's tongues, right? I will also pray with the understanding. That's your mind. I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding, right? Verse 16. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit. Watch this now. Bless with the spirit. That means speaking in tongues is to bless with the spirit. How will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? Look at 17. For indeed, give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So what does that mean? Let's understand what the scripture is saying here, all right? If somebody said, okay, we're about to, like, let's say we're about to, have a, have a meal, and we're about to thank for the food. 
Brother Orlando, give thanks. If you just got up and go, that would be kind of ridiculous. You might be giving thanks in tongues, but you got to give thanks. Father, we thank you for the food we're about to receive. I thank you that the food is blessed to our bodies because it says you bless, right? I give you thanks. And how is the food blessed? By giving thanks, by thanksgiving and word. And so, you know, you give thanks. Or, or I'm supposed to thank you, right? I just go, It means nothing. Brother Orlando, thank you for what you did there, helping us with the project. You know, right, you know. So there's, an un, there's a way to give thanks. And it says with the what? With the uninformed. So what does that mean? If I prayed in tongues, you wouldn't even know what I said. You would not be edified. But if I thank you, isn't receiving thanks from somebody edifying when somebody comes and appreciates you, gives you thanks? That edifies you, doesn't it? Right? But if I spoke in tongues to you, it wouldn't edify you. But if I give you thanks, it would edify you. So what is it saying? You would not be edified if it was just tongues. Paul said that in a situation like this, it would be better to pray with the understanding but if I prayed in tongues, I should interpret it so that you would know what was said. If there was no interpretation, then I guess it wouldn't be. Then you would be edified. So go back to 17. Let's see the amplified in that. 17, amplified. Verse 17, the amplified classic. To be sure, you may give thanks well, nobly, but the bystander is not edified. It does him no good. So you, you give thanks with tongues, it wouldn't really ma you know, mean anything to anybody. In other words, praying in tongues is the best way to give thanks. So when you're praying in tongues, you're giving thanks to God. Remember on the day of Pentecost, they heard them speaking of things and glorifying God, the great things of God and glorifying God. So, so they were glorifying God in their mother tongues of the hearers. So... so Go back to uh, 15, amplified. What is the conclusion then? What, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit that's within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit that's within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding. So what is it talking about? Worship. So tongues is also a form of worship. When you sing in tongues, you're worshiping, you're giving thanks, you're glorifying God. Amen. Amen. But look at 16 in the Amplified. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, thoroughly arise by the Holy Spirit, then how can anyone in the position of an outsider or he who is not gifted with interpreting of other tongues, unknown tongues, say amen to your thanksgiving? So what is he talking about? He's talking about worshiping with tongues. Somebody who doesn't understand it, it wouldn't benefit them. It wouldn't edify them since he does not know what you're saying. So that's all that is. So tongues is really a way of worship. Singing in the spirit. How many of you sing in the spirit? Powerful. It's a, it's, a, it's a form of worship. Singing in the spirit. Singing songs that we know. I exalt thee. But then, you know, you sing in the spirit. Singing in the spirit is worship and giving thanks. Okay? So it's a form of worship. Pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit, to give thanks to God, to worship God, to glorify God. So, and, and guess what? How about this? How about this? If, listen, if praying in tongues is perfect prayer, 
Singing in tongues is perfect worship. Worship doesn't get any better. That's why I love praying and singing in tongues. And I started up, but very few people join. Well, maybe because you're a little self-conscious because you can't hold the tune. I don't care. Sing off tune, but just sing. Sing in tongues. Sing in the three keys over. I don't care. But just sing. Sing in tongues. And if you can hold the tune, that's wonderful. But making melody in your heart. Singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart unto the Lord. So what is a spiritual song? Psalms, songs of praise, hymns, songs of worship. And we got to get over to singing in the spirit, spiritual songs. That's why many services, I like doing that. After praise and worship, I come up and I say, let's sing in the spirit. Everybody, come on, sing in the spirit. And unfortunately, very few people join because they, haven't, they don't have a practice of it. So I want to encourage you to practice singing in the spirit so that you get more in tune with that. You can flow with that. Amen. Amen. And you don't have to scream out. Just sing softly. But you know, that's fine. Hallelujah. So praying in tongues provides the most perfect way to pray. And singing in tongues provides the most perfect way to give thanks to God. Hallelujah. So singing in tongues is, is a form of worship. Because by the way... Worship is the highest form of prayer. Worship is the highest form of prayer. And singing in tongues is the highest form of worship. It's better than singing Chris Tomlin songs or other, some other song or whatever songs and upper room songs and whoever else is writing songs now. And most of them are not even worth singing these days. A lot of soft fluff. Because it's, it's being written by people who have no encounter. Songs should come out of an encounter. Should come out of a revelation. Should come out of the presence of God. Somebody that's gone, been in the presence of God. Like Moses came down and was glowing. You come out of the presence of God. You should be singing a new song unto the Lord. Something that came by the Spirit of God. You heard it from heaven. You brought it down to earth. It wasn't written in some you know, three-point song workshop. You need a... a Verse 1, verse 2, a chorus and a bridge. And a, you need a catch, a hook. That's how the world writes songs. It should come from the Spirit. Like God is great. We were talking about that the other night. How many of you, go, go pull up God is Great by Joe Becky Cruz on Spotify. Listen to that. That song, listen, that recording there was completely spontaneous. He told us the story when he was here. The musicians had never even played that song. They got on, the Spirit of God came, the place was just saturated with the glory of God. They said everybody could feel the glory of God in their core. And he started saying, singing, God is great. And then the guy with the flute just jumped in. And then, it, and then it, just, it was a total flow and they captured it and recorded it live. Not a studio recording. The only one time the song was played and sang and the musicians played along who'd never even heard it. You want to talk about supernatural supernatural the anointing is so strong on that song you get wasted listening to it you're having a rough day go listen to god is great you'll be like shaking in your bones by the anointing and if you're not then your, your wood is wet (laughs) 
you don't feel the fire of God on that song, your wood is wet. That's all I got to say. He told us the story. It was recorded up here in Jacksonville, Florida, back in the 90s at New Life Church. But if, back in the 90s when they had move of God. People, people got healed while they were singing it. Yeah, you were there that night. We got so toasted, man. We, got, we came out of here and we got so smashed till 1 in the morning. We were smashed. Were you there, Dorian, serving? Dorian was there. Orlando was there. And then myself, Pastor Rose, Pastor Vincent. <laughs> Pastor Vincent said, that this was the best part of the week. <laughs> Revival, right? What happened here in the office? We were just weeping. The presence of God was so strong. Dorian's trying to serve us fruit, and she's falling, the fruit's falling all over the place. And he told us the story how, you know, how that happened. You were there, and it was powerful. It was amazing. So, singing in tongues. Joe, Joe Cruz, Joe and Becky Cruz. The author is the Holy Spirit, but the singers... Joe and Becky Cruz, the God is Great album. Reason number 10, while they find it, taming the tongue. Tenth reason why every believer should speak with tongues is found in James 3.8. James 3.8. If you can throw that scripture up, that's the last one I have tonight. For no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. So no man. So how do we tame the tongue? By speaking in tongues. It's only the Holy Ghost that can tame the tongue. It's only the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at the Amplified, Lord Jesus. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It's a restless, undisciplined, irrevocable evil full of deadly poison. <laughs> Yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit is the only way you're going to be able to tame the tongue. That's why on the day of Pentecost, their tongues were tamed. Tongues of fire came and they spoke with tongues as the Holy Spirit took charge of their tongues. Instead of speaking rubbish, they spoke in tongues the perfect will of God. Yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit to speak with other tongues is a big step toward being able to fully yield all your members to God, not just your tongue, because the Bible says also tongue is the smallest member, but it's, the, it's like the, the one that can take charge like the rudder of a ship. So when you can yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit, then your entire body, instead of being undisciplined, will become disciplined by the Holy Spirit. Instead of being full of deadly poison, it will be life-giving blessing and it'll help you basically put the flesh under taming the tongue will help you tame the flesh speaking in tongues hallelujah thank you for tuning into my podcast i hope that you have been blessed i would like for you to consider two things number one subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.